Welcome to the Clothe with the Sun podcast, our daily reading of the gospel and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023, 3-23-23. It is the Thursday of the fourth week of Lent, and our reading is from the gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to the Jews, If I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is not true. But there is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that the testimony he gives on my behalf is true. You sent emissaries to John, and he testified to the truth. I do not accept human testimony, but I say this so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and for a while you were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father gave me to accomplish, these works that I perform testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. Moreover, the Father who sent me has testified on my behalf. But you have never heard his voice nor seen his form, and you do not have his word remaining in you, because you do not believe in the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life through them. Even they testify on my behalf, but you do not want to come to me to have life. I do not accept human praise. Moreover, I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I came in the name of my Father, but you do not accept me. Yet if another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept praise from one another and do not seek the praise that comes from the only God. Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who will accuse you is Moses, in whom you have placed your hope. For if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me, because he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Wow. So once again, we are in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, and we are dealing with some really heavy stuff. Jesus is being attacked by the Pharisees, and Jesus, in defending himself, is spelling out so many things, deep testimonies regarding who he is, who the Father is, his relationship with his Father, his mission. John spells out so many things for us that go deep. It's not merely like the Synoptic Gospels where there's a story. John is explaining things. Rather, Jesus is explaining things through John's Gospel. It took John extra time to write this with a lot more uh, reflection, decades of reflection. There's another place in the gospel where Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits. I think that's a very key line that helps us to understand this gospel today. Jesus is talking about testimony. How do we know who to believe? How do we know who to follow? Well, we follow the works. And it's not just miracles that we're talking about here. I mean, sometimes people are so quick to criticize the Catholic Church, and it's true, we've made a lot of mistakes, we've messed up. People criticize Christians in general, and hey, you know, there's a lot of valid criticisms there. But one of my defenses for the Catholic Church is what organization in the history of the world 
has done even a fraction of what the Catholic Church has done for, and then just name the ministry, taking care of the poor, taking care of the sick, founding hospitals, things like what Mother Teresa's sisters have done, dealing with the poor and the sick in the poorest places in the world, the dying, uh, the Franciscans, especially in their early days, doing similar things, St. Vincent de Paul, St. Louise, and the uh, Daughters of Charity, and, and so many things, all the education that's been given, especially to the poor. The list goes on and on and on. Once again, Jesus says, you'll know them by their fruits. So wherever we see good fruits, very often that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is present. So, but this also refers to miracles. It refers to teaching that is inspiring, truthful, logical, etc. You can figure it out over time, especially when you're guided by the Holy Spirit. Who is lying? Who's a phony? Whose stories do not add up? So we seek the truth. So Jesus, in talking about himself, and, and talking about the Pharisees as well, he's saying, you know, you all praise each other. You, you take each other's testimony for this or for that, very often for the things of God. He says, I'm coming, first of all, as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. But tied in with that, on top of that, I come and I perform the works of my Father. I perform miracles. You see miracles all around you that are connected with me. Therefore, my words are true. Therefore, I come from God. Therefore, you need to listen to me. Therefore, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the one who will help you to find your salvation. So he refers to his works. At this point, he's not performing miracles, but he's talking about them, and he's talking about them as testimony. The works are the testimony. He says, I do not testify on my own behalf. There is another who testifies for me. I wanted to talk a little bit about how this works. And this is a great example of why the lives of the saints are so very, very important for us to know, for us to study, for us to read, become acquainted with. Jesus, we are told, and I mentioned a little bit of this yesterday because it's also from John chapter 5, Jesus came to earth to lead the way for us. He came to earth to connect us to the Father. Of course, the ultimate thing that does that is his death on the cross. But he comes to connect us to God, to connect us to heaven, connect us to the Father. He does this through himself, through his ministry, and those things that he leaves for us. The scriptures, the sacraments. Jesus comes to pray because his prayer life is so very, very important. Through prayer, his prayer, he connects humanity to the divinity. It's connected in his person, but we need to understand his person, and, and he's helping us to understand more and more deeply how this works. Why do we need to know how it works? Because then we better know how to live. And the saints show us this. But let's first of all talk about how it works in Jesus and then we can talk a little bit about a couple of saints. Jesus, we are told, and I mentioned this before, but we'll go through it again because we're striving as we understand this, as we can identify it, then we go deeper. Jesus, we are told by St. Paul, empties himself of his divinity. That means 
when he comes to live among us, he does not come as God. He comes as man. It's true. He is God, but he lives among us as man. He becomes like us in all things, except that he never commits a sin. So he has our weaknesses. He has the struggles of human life. He becomes just like us. He has to learn. He has to grow. He has to work. He has to eat. He becomes just like us. He empties himself of his divinity. He's not walking around. See, sometimes people get the wrong idea of Jesus. We have so many false ideas of God. But one of the false ideas that people have of Jesus is that he's walking around like he's Superman. Like he can, he's just impervious to pain. He's impervious to harm. He can just do whatever he wants at any moment because, yeah, you know, we say he became like us, but he's not really like us. Come on. Look at all the miracles he performs. Well, so we need to understand exactly what this is. And Jesus is explaining it here. What's going on? That Jesus doesn't just simply go around in his humanity doing whatever he wants to do but rather the Father works through him. The Father has sent him. The Father uses him. And this is where his prayer life is so important. In his prayer life, on the human level, he connects to the divinity. He, of course, he is divine, but he's connecting to his Father. He recognizes the Father's voice so that he can help us to hear the Father's voice. But in connecting to his Father in prayer, in listening, because listening is is a very, very important part of our prayer life, He learns how to discern the Father's will. So the Father is inspiring him. And of course, this all happens in and through the Holy Spirit. The Father sends him the Spirit. We see that at his incarnation. The Holy Spirit comes upon Mary. It's how Jesus is conceived. We see it at the baptism. The Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus when Jesus goes out to meet John in the Jordan. We see it in, I mean, this is now, because of what happens to him at the baptism, it's not merely symbolic. No, in his humanity, he receives the Spirit, and then the Spirit is with him throughout his life, his public ministry. So the Father sends the Spirit to him. Jesus recognizes the voice of the Father, telling him, for example, go cure that person over there. Go raise that one from the dead. Go heal the blind man. Go preach to these people. Jesus is discerning as he goes through his life um, what the Father is telling him to do. Once again, the show, The Chosen, I think, is portraying this so well. Because Jesus in his humanity is living just like us. Therefore, he doesn't always know what's going to happen. He, 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 the Father leads him. The Father guides him. And he trusts the Father. So the Father works through him, and part of this, a big part of this, is for testimony on his behalf, to let the whole world know, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. As we hear the Father say at the Transfiguration, he says similar things at the baptism and at the Transfiguration. What happens, especially regarding the baptism, because it comes at the beginning, that is the fruits of that moment are going to be all throughout Jesus's public ministry, especially at his crucifixion. The Father speaking on his behalf, the Holy Spirit working through him, leading him, guiding him, anointing him for his mission. So the great a great way to understand what's happening in the heart and the mind of Jesus is to look at the saints. For example, Padre Pio, 
you know, one of our favorites, favorite of so many people, especially in this day and age. Padre Pio was not Superman. We know this because he had a lot of pain. He had surgeries. He got attacked by the devil. He had the stigmata and he's bleeding out of his hands. Padre Pio suffered a lot, but occasionally he would receive an inspiration from the father. Of course, the father through the son in the Holy Spirit. Of course, he's being inspired by God, the Trinity. But Padre Pio would get an inspiration. Go pray over that person. He was able to receive these inspirations because he spent lots of time in prayer. He was open to the promptings of the Spirit. He would be led by the Spirit to pray over someone, and then that person would have a miraculous cure. Sometimes he would bilocate to that person in another part of the world, and that person would be miraculously cured by this strange friar that would appear suddenly who was slightly overweight and had a beard etc the brown robes etc so this is how it works with jesus jesus is the ultimate saint jesus is the greatest of all saints jesus says to us before he leaves the world you will accomplish even greater works than what i have done so another one is pope john paul ii when many of us had gone to toronto to World Youth Day in 2002 when Pope John Paul II came and said Mass for all of us. I doubt Pope John Paul was saying the day before, oh, there's going to be a great miracle tomorrow. Watch, we're going to put on a little show for everybody. The Lord's telling me. No, I mean, who knows? You know, there can be a little time before a miracle that somebody knows it's going to happen. But Pope John Paul came out and it was pouring rain. And he made a joke in a way. He was, if you had the program in your hand, it said the penitential rite, but it was pouring rain when he came out at the beginning of mass and Pope John Paul made a joke. He said, well, we have water, so why don't we do the sprinkling rite? There were 3 million of us there that day. Typically the sprinkling rite means you walk around the church and you sprinkle everyone. Obviously this man that was having trouble walking, Pope John Paul, could not walk among three million people. Plus we would have mobbed him. We all would have tried to get a, a hug. <laughs> so instead he sort of kind of made a joke. He said, let's bless the rain. He said, let's, we, we have water. Let's make holy water. Let's do the sprinkling right. So he blessed the clouds. He changed the prayers at the last minute. The plan was to do the penitential rite, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. But at the last minute, he blessed the clouds and he said the prayers for the sprinkling rite. Of course, his poor secretaries and MCs, they're running around, they're scrambling. Does anybody have a copy of the sprinkling rite prayer? You know, they have to change the book. I mean, all this preparation goes into this mass. Pope John Paul would just change everything at the last minute as he was inspired by the spirit. So he blessed the rain, he blessed the clouds. We all were then drenched with holy water. And then the Holy Father said, okay, now let's let's go forward. He, he kind of waved his hand in blessing. And the clouds, I'm not lying, this happened. And this isn't the only time this ever happened in the life of Pope John Paul. The clouds just ripped right open when, when the sprinkling rite was done and blew right to the side. It was like unbelievable. We were standing there watching this saying, is this really happening? Did that really happen right before our eyes? He waved his hand and the clouds just went bye-bye. 
And then we stood for three hours in the hot sun and we were all red as lobsters at the end of this mass. We were so sunburnt. Nobody knew they were going to need suntan lotion for this mass. Instead, we had layers and layers on trying to protect us from the rain because we were going to be out there for a while in the pouring rain. We already were out there for a while. Um, but yes, we were, uh, we were sunburnt at the end of it. So of course this happened also in, uh, I think it was at giant stadium back when the Holy father came, I believe it was 79. Um, the reason I know about this is Eddie Murphy actually did a comedy skit on it. He said the Pope came out and said, yeah, ain't nothing but a thing, <laughs> you know, gave everybody a little smile. Of course that part was a joke. But he said the Holy Father blessed the sky and the clouds ripped open and the rain ended and it was just amazing. And if Eddie Murphy in the, the secular world of comedy is talking about it, you can bet the Catholic world was aware that it happened as well. And so many people that were there that day were talking about it. I was too young to remember that myself. But yes, my point is, is that and Pope John Paul, another thing I would say about him, I mean, not only were there so many miracles associated with him and his ministry, but to be in his presence, I had the privilege of being in his presence a few times, um, it felt like you were in the presence of just pure love. He, he was such a loving man. He was so overflowing with the Holy Spirit because he was a man deeply in love with Jesus, deeply in love with the Blessed Mother, a man of deep and lasting prayer. He was just praying nonstop all day long in between all his very important work that he had to do. Sometimes he would be lost in the Vatican. They'd be looking for him and he just got lost in prayer as he was walking down the hall, maybe saw a picture of our Lord or our blessed mother. So he was so overflowing with the Holy Spirit. You would just feel that love emanating from him. Imagine what people felt in the presence of Jesus. If that was the case with somebody like Pope John Paul II. Imagine what Matthew was feeling when Jesus just stopped, looked at him, follow me. And Matthew was so moved by that moment. Who knows how well he knew Jesus up to that point. I bet you he didn't know him that well, but he heard, follow me, dropped everything, followed him because he was in the presence of pure love in the presence of Jesus, perfect love. So these are the works that the father performs on behalf of Jesus. And these are the things that we need to recognize and follow. There are beautiful things happening in the world and in the church today, despite all the horrible things happening in the world and in the church today, things falling apart on the perhaps business level, official level, structural level. We see so many things happening uh, for example, in the charismatic movement, this is for Catholics and, and in the Protestant world as well. People that love Jesus are trusting in him greatly, entering deeply into prayer, praying with others, praying over others. I see this a lot in the Catholic and in the Protestant world, and there are miracles happening all over the place. People prophesying, people praying over others, and they are cured. People driving out demons. Jesus gave this power to the church and people are using this power. Jesus, he didn't, I mean, this is, we're going to get into his sending of the spirit and his promise of the spirit. That's also talked about a great deal in John's gospel and it's all tied in together. What Jesus did, he's going to ask us to do. 
And it's not for us to stress about, oh no, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. How is this going to work? How is that going to work? Rather, we need to pray. Of course, you know, it's not just about prayer, but prayer is the most important thing. We pray, we read the scriptures, we study our faith, we practice works of charity. Of course, this is also, as I said earlier, part of the works that the Father performs. These works happen on behalf of God through his church. So the Father speaks through the church. And of course, our preaching, our words, our striving to follow the commandments, etc., When we see these things happen, the good example, the charity and patience in the face of difficulties, one thing that uh, has come up with me recently and people talk to me about this is, man, it's so difficult when people are tailgating you. People are nuts on the road. I was driving tonight. I'm a little tired today and I was tailgated by so many people and yet I'm doing 10 miles per hour above the speed limit trying to maintain a speed that was still, you know, uh, relatively, uh, safe, but at the same time, you know, going relatively fast. And yet people are trying so hard to get around you. They'll cut off, cut you off speeding right in front of you, etc. And a very good friend said to me recently, pray for those who tailgate you. Just as we are told, pray for those who persecute you pray for those who tailgate you. I want to make it into a bumper sticker or at least put a sticker inside my car to remind me. So as I was coming home tonight, driving from about an hour away, I was being tailgated and cut off, and it was just really trying my patience. And I have a picture of Jesus on the back of my car, and imagine if I'm reacting in a way that's, you know, in a rage with, with, you know, it's not really... It's not performing the works of God on behalf of Jesus. It's not good testimony. So our testimony is striving to be patient, striving to be virtuous. Of course, we're not perfect. But as I was saying, in the world today, we see so many miracles. And what does the Lord ask of us? The Lord asks of us to trust him, to strive to follow him, to strive to represent him. And most especially in our prayer lives, we learn to hear his voice. We learn to follow his promptings. We need to be, we all need to grow more and more in this. When you see someone poor, sick, etc., how do we reach out to them? How do we help them? You know, you're not supposed to really give money to people on the street. I was always told that. Don't give them money. But are we prepared maybe to give some people some food when we know that there's homeless people around? Buy them a sandwich. Whatever it is, you know, how, how can we help them in a way that's not going to enable an unhealthy habit? Um, but when you see somebody, let's just say somebody that's very sad, depressed, somebody maybe in a cast, somebody in a wheelchair, are we willing to offer that person some prayer? Because you know what happens all the time, and this has happened in my own life as well, When you take that step in courage, it doesn't even really require that much courage. People that are hurting, they're so thrilled when somebody pays them some attention, positive attention. And the worst they can do is say no. You know, if you say, would you like some prayer and they don't want it. But very often people are happy to receive some well wishes, some prayers. And how often does it happen that sometimes, yes, there is a miracle. Sometimes you pray with somebody, they feel like a million bucks. Sometimes uh, there is a physical healing. And of course, as these podcasts continue, 
Uh, I have so many miracle stories, inner healings, outer healings. There's just so many in the history of Christianity. And like I say, in this day and age, I think people are opening up more and more to the promptings of the spirit. So we will just conclude with that, knowing there's always so much more to say. Of course, yes, my friends tell me I uh, can talk. (laughs) I can go on and on if they let me. But Jesus, once again, reminds us today, don't simply listen to what people say. Don't simply accept human testimony. Don't be too quick to give human testimony all the time. But rather, let the works show that God is real, that God is with us, that God loves us. When we see people and hopefully ourselves acting in love, and when God is willing to answer our prayers, the more and more we trust in him. God bless you and have a great day.